Okay, just waiting for the uh, my uh, lovely assistant here, Lynn Hoyt. Okay, great. Well, wasn't that amazing with the kids? Yeah. That was really cool. Thanks for letting us borrow your kids up here on stage and uh, doing their thing. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas season. I was down yesterday with a little bit of a flu, uh, and I got up this morning feeling a little bit better in the sense of uh, I didn't have a flu anymore, but I have a weakness, and so I'm a little weak. So my, if my energy level's low, know that my body is straining to, to just get the energy to give you something that is... Uh, fun today because I, wa- I wanted to give you a lesson today that was going to be really enjoyable for the Christmas season. And the title of my lesson is Celebrate. I think Zaldi did joy last week, right? Where was Zaldi at? Zaldi did a great job, I heard. I want to say thank you to Zaldi for doing that. Joy. I'm going to talk about celebrating. And we in America, we like to celebrate a lot of things. And I want to encourage you to celebrate the most important thing. And that is the birth of Jesus. And his death and his resurrection, of course, as well. But since we're in the Christmas season, you know, Jesus wasn't born in December. He was born in the springtime. But, hey, we're grateful for the holiday. So we celebrate a lot of things in America. Fourth of July. We celebrate that. Remember that? And Moore Park, we do it on July 3rd. So we do. We're a little awkward. We're like that. We do July 3rd. Uh, it's a great day to celebrate the independence. This has a lot of meaning to every American. Uh, when you read your history, this is something that... Is, is near and dear to our heart, and we have fireworks, celebrate hot dogs. It's awesome. Then there's the Constitution Day in Norway. I do that because we help the Norway, and we have a Norwegian citizen here. That's Suneva Nieland, and I thought I'd put that in there for her because uh, actually I think, I, I think I've been in this square before. I think so. Uh, I TGI Fridays right there, the American bar. That is TGI Fridays. You know, when I was there with uh, Joe and Robbie Neeland, we called that the uh, the embassy. We go there to eat some regular food for American food. It's a big celebration. It's a big deal. If you're a Norwegian, you dress up. It's a very very popular uh, nationalistic holiday. If you're celebrating a World Cup goal, you're David Luiz. People celebrate like that every time. Your kids will have that look on Christmas Day. Yeah! Yeah, I got what I wanted. In this case, World Cup goal for soccer players. Very, very good moment for David Luiz. We celebrate Halloween. It's awesome, remember that? Gave a lot of candy away to the kids. I scared a few kids this year in the neighborhood. We had a lot of holidays, and we had a harvest festival here, and it's just one of those things that every, every child gets excited about. This used to be my son's favorite holiday. Not no more. It's Christmas. because Now I realize that gifts are more valuable than candy. <laughs> He's realized that. Before it was just candy, candy. It was awesome. Now he wants gifts, like expensive gifts. Man, he knows who to call for that. Grandma and Grandpa right here. <laughs> Uh, some, you know, we celebrate recovery. If you've come from an addiction, a challenge, you know, we celebrate that. And people celebrate. We celebrate with you. It's a, it's a great thing to celebrate, to celebrate recovery, uh, overcoming. Coming up pretty soon, we're going to celebrate. Yeah. Yes, yes, right. Star Wars is back for the last three installments. 
I'm not gonna. I'm not one of those guys that are there opening night dressed up. I'm not one of those guys. I wait about two weeks to go watch it, but I still will celebrate with Chewie and Han over there. I know a lot of us celebrate Veterans Day. We have a lot of veterans in our church. Great day, veterans. Those who voluntarily have served our nation, and we got some outstanding men and women who've done that in our church. We also have New Year's coming up. Thirty first coming up. You may have maybe four or five little bottles of wine there, but you know you, you celebrate New Year's. It's a great celebration. But then what? After all, I mean, after all these time, these these moments, there's always the there's always the 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 letdown. Like it's over. It only lasts. You want Christmas to last forever. You want New Year's to last for a long time. You want things to last, and you know they don't. They really don't last. So I want us to focus on a celebration that will last forever. A celebration that's meaningful for no matter what day of the season, what time of the year, there is a celebration. So I'm going to tell you a story in the Bible. And it's a story about uh, David. And there was this ark. And if you're you're new to church, this this term ark, it's A-R-K. It's a little bit uh, interesting. Because this is the ark in the Old Testament, and this is where God's people uh, was directed to make this, and God's presence would be above this wherever it was. So wherever this thing went, God was there. So they physically had, they would go, go around, and it would, they would walk with it, they'd set a tent up, it would be amazing. They'd set it up right in there, and the, 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 the pillar of smoke would be there, and the people would know that God's presence was with them. Pretty cool, huh? They called it the tabernacle. Another word for that is dwelling. And so the, this, this ark was taken from uh, God's people, and it was, it was returned back to them, but it wasn't in its rightful place. And so David, King David, is very popular um, in history, he sees a moment here and he wants to bring back the ark to the city of David, Jerusalem. And so that's kind of the backstory to this story. And so David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, about 30,000. And he and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who was enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. So he was enthroned above that. That is the ark. And inside the ark, you ever wonder what's inside that thing? There were three items that was so special to God's people and God. One was the Ten Commandments. It was a covenant between God and His people. The second thing was, was a jar of manna which God fed His people when they were in the desert and they were dying. God provided manna. And thirdly, there was a staff. It was Aaron's bud to prove that the line of the priest would go on forever through the ark and through the relationship God had with people. So those three uh, items were inside. And if you touch the ark, if you were not authorized to touch the ark, and one guy accidentally touched the ark, not using the proper poles, and he died. Because that was the presence of God. It was so, so sacred, so holy. That some guy tried to do something good and stop it from stumbling, that he actually died in the process because there was a certain way to carry it. And God had given that direction. And so David brings back this ark. This ark that went in this tabernacle, this 
dwelling place. If you see here, they have little animal sacrifices, they have cleansing, and they go in there, and there's items in there, and the ark's back there, and this cloud would, would show up whenever um, they would make the tabernacle, and God's presence was there, and everyone was able to see it clear as day. And so David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. There was a party because the presence of God was coming back. The ark was back. God was back. And here they are celebrating. And so David went to bring up the ark from, of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six, step, six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. I will not be doing that this morning for you. <laughs> While he and his entire house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. Can you imagine the scene? You're hearing the trumpets blast, the shouting of people. There's the king. He's dancing in front of the ark as it's going into the city of David. And they're celebrating because the presence of God is among his people. What a moment for them. Now, you've got to understand, they didn't have the New Testament. They didn't know what was coming in this new covenant. They had no idea. All they knew was God's presence physically in the form of the ark and the cloud was there. And so this was a moment. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in his heart. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> you know, the Bible's full of the Grinch. Here's one of them. She was offended by David's celebration of the ark coming. There was a little bit of a disconnect with Michael because her dad was the King Saul. And, and so there was a little disconnect there. And so uh, I just thought it would be humorous to, just to mention that there is a Grinch in the Bible. And there's actually a couple of them. I'm going to show them to you. So this ark comes back. The people are here. They're celebrating. David's celebrating. And it's, an, it's, a, it's a really a historic moment for God's people that the ark has come back. Now the ark was in enemy, enemy hands earlier in the story. And it was in the Philistines' hands. And while it was there, a lot, a lot of strange things happened. They got boils. Their statues of their gods would fall down, you know, right in front of the ark. They would just literally fall in front of the ark. And there was all kinds of things. And so like, get this thing away from us. And that's how it was brought back to God's people. Because God said, hey, I'm not going to be with you guys. I'm going to be over here. And then we have the next story, the birth of Jesus. Well, how does the birth of Jesus connect to the other story about the ark of the covenant? That's interesting. So I wanted to connect these stories because the Bible has a lot of continuity to it. And so the birth of Jesus is a connection to actually the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle. So in Matthew chapter 1, we understand that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You can already start to get, get your brain to think that in the Old Testament when the Ark was coming... God is with us. In the New Testament, Jesus is born. God is with us. And they'll call him Emmanuel. And so in John chapter 1, it says, The Word became flesh 
and made his dwelling among us. Interesting word there. This word dwelling is the exact same word that we find in the tabernacle. So when we think about the birth of Jesus and he dwelt among us, he was dwelling as God the deity among the people now. The new covenant. And so when we look at this name, Emmanuel, when we look at what John says, he made his tabernacle, he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. That's how these stories connect. Because the tabernacle was a dwelling, and the birth of Jesus and him being with us was a dwelling as well. Hebrews tabernacling with us, so to speak. There's the connection. Tabernacling. I just made a verb. Well, there was no verb. And there it is. These two stories, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, have a thread. A thread to celebrate, and there's a good reason to celebrate. As David celebrated, we too can celebrate that Jesus dwelt among us. <clears throat> now, Jesus, when he was born, there was a Grinch named Herod. And Herod didn't want a new king. So Herod went to kill the babies in Bethlehem. And so, but Jesus escaped. He's a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And so he didn't want this birth to happen. So as followers of Christ, as Jesus now today, how does this happen? Because Jesus died around 30 AD and went to heaven. How, how does he dwell in us? Well, we know that in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says when, when Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in every follower of Jesus. And so these three stories, because that's your story, how you became a follower of Jesus. You have the ark, you have the birth of Jesus, and then you have your story, how you became a follower of Jesus. How when you were baptized into Christ, you got the indwelling, you got the tabernacle, you got God with us in you. And every time you go out, and every time you meet someone or interact with someone or try to share your faith or share your life with someone, what you are doing is you are extending the tabernacle to them. You are, you are saying to them, I'm, I want to give you what's inside of me. And that's why when Jesus left the earth, he gave this one last command to all the followers. He said, hey guys, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything I have commanded you. Teaching people about the story. Imagine sharing that Old Testament story then sharing the, the birth of Jesus story. That just gets people excited going, I didn't know the connection. Just sharing a story alone brings a lot of inspiration. So as we're out there these next few weeks, Share the story. Share, hey, you know what I learned about the Bible? That there's this ark. It was in the tabernacle. That was kind of weird and cool at the same time. Don't know what that means to me. Oh, but wait a minute. Jesus is born. He dwelt among us. He was a tabernacle among us. 
God is with us in the Old Testament, and he's with us in the New Testament. There's a continuity. There's a connection between the stories. So as you're out there today and tomorrow and you see your family and you see your friends and you see people at the shopping mall and you see people the day after Christmas and you're trying to get the sale, remember that every time that you extend the, the chance to teach someone what it means to be a follower, you are extending something very profound. A celebration that they can celebrate every single day of their life. They don't have to wait for a holiday. They can celebrate. And I want you to leave here celebrating with the idea that God is with me. I can celebrate every single day. My celebration does not end. It will not end because God is with me, dwelling in me. And I hope that encourages you. Have a great Christmas. Love you. And we'll see you later.